So we go in and there's uh, there's four or five grown older men just naked, just sitting on a couch, on a chair, just naked. And then this guy goes, um, hey, I'm going to go get naked too. And we were just like, <laughs> okay. Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. I'm your host, Nikki Levy, and welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother. Don't Tell My Mother is a brand new podcast where your favorite humans from movies, TV, sports, music, comedy, tell a true story they'd never want their moms to know. And sometimes their mothers even join in for the fun. Our moms know how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Join us every Tuesday because this is where we are going to put the fun in dysfunctional. Now, today's guest is exactly what I need right now. He is a mensch, he's hilarious, and I'm not just saying that because he's a fellow Jew from Queens. You have seen him in the Showtime series Kidding with Jim Carrey, and he's out in the movie Lovebirds with Issa Rae. I'm talking about the incredibly funny actor and stand-up comic, Barry Rothbart. Barry is telling a hilarious story about the 800 gay men who changed his life. And then stick around, because we are joined by a very special Jewish mother. Here's Barry Rothbart. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Bear. Hey. You look adorable. Thank you. You look adorable. This is a very special podcast for me, Barry, because you are the first straight man to do this podcast. Really? Wow. Who God. I'm like the Jackie Robinson of straight men. Yeah. Like <laughs> what I, I'm trying to think like why what makes you so special? But I love you. We start every show with um like where you are. Like where in the world are you? Because usually we'd be in a studio together, but you know, I'm here in my apartment in LA and you're wherever you are. So tell me where you are right now. I'm in my uh my bedroom. My dog is at my feet, I think just uh chilling out. Her name's Tyra Barks. And she is, uh, <laughs> she's just having fun, you know? That's it. Yeah, that's my life that's, right now. That's what it's. The last time I saw you was, well, Instagram. But the last time I saw you, saw you was, I think, five years ago at a live Don't Tell My Mother show when you killed it at Busby's in Mid City, Los Angeles. Yeah, it's wild. It's been that long. Time is just, it's just becoming, uh, like, really scary to think about. I'm at that age uh-huh. now where I'm just like, I get mad. I get mad at I get mad at kids who were born after nine eleven. Isn't one of the big things that you actually have a kid who's born after nine eleven, like born like recently, recently? Yeah, but she's born way after nine eleven. I, you know, oh. and she can't tell me that she was born after nine eleven. You know, so oh, yeah, she's, she's great. She's um, she's a year and two months now. She's incredible. Her name's Rudy. 
Oh, Rudy. Yeah. What is she named after? Who is she named uh, for? Rudy Giuliani. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you try to have a kid? Did you want to do this? No, it was totally unplanned, actually. <laughs> it was completely unplanned. <laughs> I didn't want to. You know what? It was, it was, we were at a spot where we were just like, we don't not want to have one, but we definitely don't want to have one. And then just nature, you know, just nature happens. You know how it happens, right? And I know how it happens. Yeah. yeah. As mm-hmm. a lesbian, though, like, it happens a little differently. It's it's not as like nature. It's more like <laughs> science, you know? Not as many accidents for lesbians. Yeah, none. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. It's like 100% safe. Is there an embarrassing moment, like, from your childhood that you still think about? I mean, there's so many, you know? I, um... Uh, you know, uh, I used to be called Diaper Boy for that. That was like a lot of my childhood what? because <laughs> my, all the girls in my elementary school, this is like fifth grade. And um, yeah. I, I, I used to I used to be like, why are they calling me Diaper Boy? And this was a whole year. Everybody started calling me Diaper Boy. And I was already I was like the new kid. I got made fun of a lot. I was like because we had moved. Actually, we I grew up in Forest Hills. We moved to Whitestone, which is another part of Queens. Yep, I know Whitestone. And then uh, back to Forest Hills. So I'd switch schools a bunch, and I was new in the school, and everyone started calling me Diaper Boy. And I realized because I had this cheap leather belt that crinkled like a diaper. No, really? I couldn't. My pants wouldn't stay up unless I wore that belt. So I, I went to my mom and I was like, "Hey, can I uh, can I have a new belt?" And she was like, "No, your belt's totally fine." So I had to wear oh this God. diaper belt, and it was horrifying. And that was like that was a big part of my childhood being called diaper boy, and it like carried on through junior high with some kids, which was really traumatic. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. I was called yeah. Nikki sucks Dicky or Nikki has a hickey. But oh, I like diaper, that. That means you were cool. Uh, well, you would be wrong because I was not. I was definitely not, um, and I didn't even have a hickey, so like I couldn't even brag about that. But diaper boy, I still wear it. I still wear that belt. So this podcast, as you know, and like yeah. my favorite subjects in the world, is about like our stories and the stories we don't tell our moms. What was your mom like growing up? You know, it's it's funny. I, I have so many different stages of my relationship with my mom, but my mom was, she was definitely more of the parent compared to my dad. My dad was very, uh, very much my friend and they got divorced when I was Interesting. four. And mm-hmm. he was, I mean, my dad was a great dad, but he was very strange. He was a criminal. First of yeah, all, he, were, he was yeah. in the mob. Uh-huh. And he, the, Jew- uh, the Jewish mafia or the Italian mafia? The Italian mafia. He was a bookie. He wasn't like killing people or anything. He was like right. this jolly, fat Jewish guy who was like, you know, doing the math stuff. A lot of Jews ended up working for the mafia doing the books because it's a job they could get and they were good at it. Totally. And so then, you know, long story short, growing up with my mom is my mom's just she was worried a lot, very protective. Right. Typical Jewish mom in that very way. Loving. Like very anxious. Yeah, very anxious. Mm-hmm. Um we weren't very close when I was in my teens and then 20s. And then we got close again when in my 30s. And now we've been – actually, since my daughter was born, we've been closer than ever because um, there's way more common ground. You find out that you have, like, this thing that you both love and you could talk about. Because we live on different coasts, too. So we're uh, way closer now than we, than we were at some point. Where's your mom now? Where's your mom live? She's in Forest Hills. Ah, in, in Queens, yeah, you know that. <laughs> yes, yes. Barry is from Queens, and I told Barry I because I'm from Queens, and I never admit it. I just say New York. I don't say New York City. I'm not trying to pass for Manhattan. I'm not like I don't even want to be that fancy. And my mom's from the Bronx, you know. But like, I just say New York. I, I, I leave it vague. And and Ugh, you actually have Manhattan? Queens. It's like 
I wish I could say I wish I could yeah, say Manhattan. Not me. You have Queen, you Queens. Queens is so much pride. cooler. Yeah. You get so much street cred. Oh God, Queens. I'm embarrassed. From that Forest I'm from Queens. Hills, the mean streets of Forest the, Hills, where the, the U.S. Open street. used to be. <laughs> so Barry, you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me a story today. And then I think we might even call your mom after. I'm really excited about this story. Um, Tee it up for me and tell me everything. There was a point in my life before I was doing movies where I was uh, pretty broke. And I was living in New York. And I was in my early 20s. So this was like 2008. So I was like 25 around then. And there's a, I feel like everyone goes through this time when they're in their early to mid 20s where you're just like, I'm willing to fucking do anything for money. Like, I don't care if I live in the tiniest apartment. I don't, you're just willing to put yourself through shit, through the worst crap because Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm struggling. I'm trying to make it. Um, And I did, I started because I was doing comedy. I couldn't, I couldn't really want to have like a full-time job. I did some full-time jobs. I was actually, I was a mortgage broker for a while in my twenties. I was, I'd always get fired too. I got fired from like 10 jobs in a row Mm because I was always good at interviewing, but I was never good at keeping a job because I didn't care. Right. And I'm, I'm not like the best at just doing stuff that I don't care about. Me neither. So then I was like, I want to get into film. This was after college. And I, um. I bought a camera, so I was like, I could be a videographer, because <laughs> if you own a camera, you basically are a videographer, right? You yeah, we've, we've all seen bar mitzvah videographers. Yeah. They don't know much. Yeah, I just had a camera, and I knew how to edit, so I was like, I'm a videographer. And my friend and I started a company. I feel like every young Jew goes through, I'm going to start a company phase, and... I went through this, like, I'm going to start a videography a media company. Like, it's going to be huge. We're going to have, like, a name. What was the name of this fake company? It was called Wolf Angle Films. <laughs> <laughs> we just were like, we're going to put ads out. We're videographers. We started doing weird jo- We We did, like, an exercise video for this guy who had one leg. We did, like, a, a, a documentary about... Um, some woman who was trying to create this new herbal tea that could help you lose weight. We did like, we did all types of weird shit. Hmm? So then one day um, we get an email that Mm -hmm. was from Nude Yorker at AOL. Nude Yorker. Oh, AOL. I think it was, it was something like Nude Yorker. Please let it be Nude Yorker. And we get, we would get a lot of weird emails that were like, you know, hey, will you like shoot us having sex for twenty bucks? Like, and we were like, ah, eh, you know, I don't, not really, but maybe if it was more money. And um, the the email from New Yorker goes, um, I have a project, um, and it's very high paying. <laughs> I can't talk about it in an email. I have to talk about it in person. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Um, so I had to be like, hey, uh, yeah, we're interested. What do you? What do you want to? What do you want to do? Do you want to meet up? And, and and he was like, Yeah, let's meet up. So we were like, All right, let's do it. I think we even spoke on the phone once. And he was like, Come to my apartment on the Upper West Side. Um, yeah, we were just like, Fuck it, let's do it. Like this guy seems like legit. He wants to talk about a a project. Let's do it. And then we get there, and uh, and the guy opens the door to this apartment, and he goes, um, He's like, Okay, I'm just going to let you know something. Uh, there's People who are naked in the other room. That was like the first thing he says to us. What did this guy look like when he opened the door? Was he? He was this. Uh, he looked like a 
baby that suddenly became an older man. Like Got he it. was like shaped like a baby, but he was like older. Like um, Sam Kinison or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a short haired Sam Kinison. Less <laughs> less outrageous. Mm-hmm. He was very soft spoken. He was like and, and it there was nothing alarming about the way he said it. Like he right. was not like, Hey, do you guys want to have sex? Like he was just like just letting you know there's some naked people in the other room and we were just like, Hey, fuck it. And we we also were I always had fancied myself someone who's willing to just kind of go with stuff. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'll just go with it. Like, who cares? Like, we're in New York. We're comedians. We're just like, this will be a weird story. Exactly. If it's not a good experience, it's good material. Yeah. Like, so we're like, let's go with it. Which also, this is something that's a privilege of being a white male. Like, mm-hmm. you can go into crazy situations. If you're a woman, you probably are not going to go into a situation like this. Like, I was going to say that a girl could never do this. Could A girl could never go this. to this apartment and see... Well, let's just see what happens. So we go in, and there's uh, there's four or five grown older men just naked, just sitting on a couch, on a chair, just naked. And then this guy goes, um, hey, I'm going to go get naked too. And we were just like, okay. <laughs> we did, you get, like, did you get nervous? Like, I, I was know. like, no, it just felt so – like, you ever been in a situation where you're just like it, – it's almost the opposite of those situations where you're walking down the street and someone scary is coming towards you and you, yeah, you like, everything yeah. in your gut is like, something's wrong about this. I know something's wrong even though it seems normal. It's the, it, This right. is the inverse of that. It was like this felt like everything was wrong, but something about it felt normal. <laughs> like something in your gut was like, this is normal, but I should be scared, but I'm not scared. He offered me a cheese plate, which is, I think, the weirdest <laughs> weirdest food to offer when there's a room full of naked people. Mm-hmm. But he offered us a cheese plate. We ate some cheese, brie, which is also the weirdest cheese to offer on a cheese plate when people are naked. Okay, wait. Who were these guys? What I found out was they were a bunch of uh, – they were representing a large group of nudists, an organization of nudists. And they were like, not only is it a nudist – organization but it is 50 plus and Mm -hmm. it is gay it's a Mm -hmm. gay 50 plus nudist and Mm -hmm. so he goes yeah so he goes okay so here's the the gig every year we have uh our main summer event where all the nudists from around the world come to this one campgrounds where it's 800 plus naked gay 50 plus men and they wanted videographers to chronicle this because it was the 50th anniversary of this um, of this event. We want someone who's willing to do this, and um, we go, of course. How much? How much money? Uh-huh. And they go uh, fourteen thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? For two weeks. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Keep in mind, this was this was a point where we were so broke, and we were like fourteen thousand fucking yes. What do you need us to do? 
And he was like, just show up. I just need you guys to show up and we'll chronicle this. You'll stay here for two weeks and um, you'll get uh, lodging and it'll be great. And where's this camp? In the Poconos. Um, so we rent a car and uh, this was like a few weeks after we're getting ready. We, we actually ended up hiring another guy and uh, we told him, we were like, look, this is what it is. It's going to be, we're going to be around naked gay men all day and this is just what it's going to be. And uh, and to be I, clear, you you and these guys are straight. We're straight. Yep. And um, we get there. I remember. I'll never forget. We're we're driving up, and we're near where the where the actual campgrounds are. It's like a really desolate area. There's like nothing. It's just trees. And then suddenly we see like one guy naked, and we're driving up. And then there's like two naked men. Just asses. And then there's like asses dicks. And then we get like three and then we turn into the driveway and it's just, this must've been the day of orientation. It's just naked. It's a sea of naked men. Oh my God. It's like the river of dicks. And it's shocking. It's like a shocking thing. It's like everything in your body is like, like this is weird and like this is shocking, but you're also like, it's just nature. It like quickly became like, oh, this is okay. It's just naked guys. And then we get there and we check in. So the guy goes to us and he's like, uh, hey, also, by the way, um, obviously you guys need to be naked these two weeks. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, <you> what? <laughs> what do you mean we need to be naked? Oh, he's like, you don't need to. We're not forcing you. But let's just say you're going to want to be naked. And we're like, why? He's like, it's, it's going to be very weird to be the only three clothed men in – in a campground of 800 plus naked gay guys and everyone else will feel weird if you're clothed. Can right. you just be it's naked? It's kind of unfair to the naked and guys. We were like for 14 grand, let's just do it. And we went into that. Cause this is my, was my best friend at the time. And, um, this other guy I'd never met and we'd never seen each other naked. Of so course. we had this moment where we were just like, it was like a bandaid. We just went into our cabin. We got this cabin, this, that we were all three of us were sharing. <laughs> There's three beds in this cabin. So we just, we like, like, like one, two, three, and we all just like took our clothes off and we were like, oh my God, uh, we're just naked now. <laughs> let me, let me ask you one thing, Barry. How did you feel about being naked in general? I never was, I never was great about being naked. I was a fat kid growing up. Um, I wore shirts in the pool. I was like, I had boobs. I was like very oh, yeah. self-conscious about my body. Yeah. Um, my mom was always cool about it. She was always like, yeah, you wear you wear a shirt in the pool. You're just the kid who wears a shirt in the pool. That's okay. It's good of her. I had like whatever body image issues you would have yep. uh, at that age anyway. I also was never like a – I I mean, you know, I just was like I, – I didn't know if I had a big penis either. Um, turns out mine was average, so that was cool. I was just looking around and I was like, this is average. Fine. That's great. Jewish so you guys are very around. girthy. Jewish guys have girth. I've been with enough. Oh uh, yes, I'm all girth. Yeah, I'm yeah. like a paint paint can. <laughs> and uh, my mom's gonna listen to this at some point. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so you guys, so you guys leave the room naked. We leave the room naked, and uh, we we start walking around, and we're like, "This is weird," but we start getting used to it. And as the day goes on, we we're doing. We started to realize though that there's a whole range of naked so it's like if you're just naked with your shoes on it's way different than naked with your shoes off and if you're naked with because we'd all wear lanyards yeah oh yep it's yep. 
way more naked without the lanyard because like that's like your clothing. <laughs> oh, um, and it was just like it all felt like a, it was like learning a new way to be around people. We realized that <laughs> eating was buffet style, which was very strange. <laughs> Way to eat when you're naked. You eat naked and you carry a towel around so you could sit on stuff and um, for for cleanliness, I guess. Yeah, the first day went by and then we were like, okay, it's weird. It's weird to carry a camera. We did interviews. Weird to carry a camera naked. Everyone was very respectful. There was no like anything weird, and you start to get used to it. And then weird things will happen. So like number one, it, when it rains, it starts raining. Or when it's cold, people wear shirts but no pants, and that's even that's like more naked than naked. It's like when you're when you have a shirt on and your dick's out underneath the shirt, it's like it was a new level of naked. That is porky pig adorable. So we start to like get used to it. Um, I remember there was a guy named Bear Man who was the cock ring salesman. Because ah, ah. everyone would want cock rings. And I remember he, he was selling cock rings and he was like, you guys want one? And I was like, no, nah, nah, we're all right. He's like, you sure? And we're like, yeah. And he's like. He gave us this strange advice. I remember we were we were we were leaving, and he goes, "Hey, you'll never forget the sound of a cock ring hitting the floor." What, like, what does that even we like, mean? What does that mean after it's you like, have sex because the ring falls off on your flaccid penis? I don't know what it means to this day. I think it means you're just like when a cock ring hits the floor, it's like time to go. I don't know. Well, that's because your penis is flaccid. <laughs> There's this thing that happens when you take your clothes off and you're around people who have their clothes off where like all of the societal, all of the symbols of, of society and class and style and like who you are kind of fall away. And there's this strange like oneness that you get with everyone because you don't realize how much your clothes really give you, give away a lot of things that separate us like. You know, like people will seem cooler in their clothes or people will seem less cool or people seem wealthier or less wealthy. Mm -hmm. So there was this just kind of like togetherness that everyone had. So then I started like, you know, it, as the as the time went on, it started to become really great and I started to feel good. And then I remember towards the end, they were like, we have this big talent show and they found out I was a comedian and they were like, do you want to do stand up on it? And I was like. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I would. And he was like, "It's all of us are there. It's like eight hundred people." Wow, that's a lot it'll of people. Be, it'll shit. be it'll be really fun if you want to do it. And I was like, "I think I'm gonna just do it." And he's like, "You know, obviously you'll be naked." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll be naked." And uh, and then I did it, and it was like one of the best sets I've ever had. Um, yeah, and it was it was really triumphant. It felt like this big kind of. It was like overcoming something that had bothered me forever about my body and yep. you know my image and you know being able to to be that vulnerable in front of that many people it felt like this huge thing and then I remember on the last day um we were all putting our clothes on and it was like it felt really sad and we had made friends you know we'd made friends with these people we were on like a first name basis we'd be like hey bearman hey uh <laughs> You know, hey, Hank, you know, <laughs> and then uh, we were putting our clothes on and everybody was like, it just was the mood was really strange. And I just I was like, hey, one last time uh, for the road. And I just pulled my pants down and just uh, showed everyone my dick again. <laughs> and, and and they did, too. And we just all kind of were naked. Wow. Like a few of us were just naked one last uh. time. And uh, and it was really sweet. 
and we all um, went our separate ways. And then I had to edit like 600 hours of dicks um, for the next three months. How do you think this changed your life? Like if you mm. would look back 20 years ago, However many well, years ago, it, it actually gave me enough money to move to Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles uh, not long after that. You're kidding me. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was the, it was the windfall I needed for that move. You know, it also gave me a different perspective on, on, um, on the LGBTQ community because I was like, it always feels like a other. It's like, you know, there's so many ways that we create others. But there's something about being around these men for this long, it was like, yeah, we're just the same. Like, we're not different at all, really. And there's always this fear that straight men grow up with that a gay guy's going to hit on you. Yep. I think it's a fear that, like, deep down probably that you'll be into it, yeah. I think is the big fear. Yep. Um, I think that's a really good point and a really honest point. But I remember I was talking to this one guy, and he was like, hey, do you do you ever want to hang out, like, in, a, in like a hanging out way? Right. You know? And Netflix and chill way. And I was just like, it didn't feel weird at all. And I was just like, you know, I, I'm actually not, I, I, I don't do that. But uh, if you ever want to hang out, just like hanging out, yeah, that would be great. And it was just like this very transactional kind of mature moment. And we just went on talking and it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel strange. And I don't even think that could happen. I don't think a man or a woman could say that to another man or woman yeah. that casually. And then you just keep talking. Like it was... It was kind of eye-opening. And I think when you break down those walls of like people are different from you or scary or mm-hmm. foreign, I think there's uh, – you just start to realize that it's like, yeah, everybody's kind of just the same. I mean that's the big metaphor of being a nudist is like we're all kind of the same and we're, it's very freeing. I love everything about the story. Like I love the fact Thank that you. like it's not about <laughs> gay camp and it's not about like – uh, the crazy and job. There's no bad it's, ending. It's a good ending. It's a it's a happy ending. We can even yeah. say. Does your mother know that you raised the money to move to L.A. by shooting a gay fifty plus nudist camp off Craigslist? You know what's funny? I don't think so. Let's call your mother. Hello. Hi. Is this? Hi. Is, can you hear me? Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. Hi. Is this Barry's mom? Barry's mommy. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Tammy, I'm so happy to meet you. I love your son. Oh, he's <laughs> terrific. He's the best. This podcast is about people telling true stories that, you know, they quote unquote wouldn't want to tell their moms. And then sometimes, you know, if they have a wonderful mom like you, they actually use it as an opportunity to tell their mom. So Did Barry you- told us a really funny story about a first job he had. Remember when I was doing videography for, for Wolf Angle Films? Yeah, I remember <laughs> I once did. This is when I, I was really, I was up and coming and pretty broke. I did a, um, I shot a nudist colony, uh, a 50 plus gay nudist colony. I didn't know that. I did, I did a video. Yeah. And it was, it was enough money to, that actually paid for my way to LA. It was You're like a kidding. big chunk of money. Yeah. Oh my God. A lot I didn't know, Barry, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Barry was telling us that like, you know, it was going to be uncomfortable for him, you know, to be naked because when he was a kid, he was kind of chubby, and he was. Oh, he had he had to be naked. Yes, I had, to, I had to be naked. No. Yeah. Why? If you're the videographer, why? <laughs> because it was a nudist event, and they didn't want it. We didn't oh have my to. God. We, they are didn't you, want us to be the only clothed people. Are you serious? 
I did stand up. <laughs> I did stand up for them naked too. No. Yeah. Completely butt naked. <laughs> well, I had shoes on. Oh, that is so weird. What did you teach your your kids? I think you have two sons about you know yes. nakedness or their body growing up. Because I ask because my mom also <laughs> you know Jewish from New York, like I said, would actually walk around our house naked. I'm not even kidding you with the <gasps> vertical blinds open, which was so embarrassing to me. Oh. How did you teach about? any of this, you know, oh to Barry God. growing up. It wasn't something that was about their bodies, you mean? Just body yeah. image, yeah. body image, oh, I guess. Oh, body, I don't think I, you know, now the topic that we, uh, I'll be honest with you, that we spoke about, I think because they weren't girls, had they been girls, maybe right. it would have come up. That, you know? That's true. Yeah. What, that, do you recall anything, Barry, that stood out? <laughs> no, I do remember, um, I do remember feeling like, uh-oh. You no, like there was never any there was never that much there was never judgment or anything about being like both Brian and I grew up like on the chubbier side at certain times. Yeah, but it wasn't like outstanding chubbiness. It wasn't like I, I thought it was outstanding. Was Barry a good like a good boy? He kind of behaved oh, well. He was he was very often a very good boy, very sweet. I've always been a good boy. Yeah. I don't know what he did on the side, but which I didn't know about. <laughs> Besides the nudist colony, I've been a good boy. God knows what else. God knows. Can I share it with all my friends? Yeah, it was all wholesome. <laughs> I I remember, you know, my mom's a writer, and she has, you know, she has a, she has a different last name than me. So I remember when the first she wrote an article about me. Um, Many articles. I, Many. But, but the first one that she wrote was after I did the Tonight Show. In, in never in the article did she mention she was my mom, but it was so much praise, and it was like <laughs> not only is he funny, but he's handsome, and he has blue eyes. He has blue <laughs> eyes, much like mine. And if you were reading it, you'd be like, "Why is this woman who writes for this paper just in love with this?" <laughs> I've been writing for over ten years. You know, like feature arts and entertainment news, newsy, newsy arts and entertainment. Right. No, that, that um, that's a good beat to have because then you get to write yeah. about Barry. You could write about it. That's right. That's right. Barry, what is what is something you're gonna you you'd like to teach Rudy growing up about like loving her body, loving herself? That's a good question. You know, I, I think that it it's it's I mean it's that. It's to love herself. I mean, that's the easy answer is mm-hmm. to be like, you should love yourself. But I think it's it's more than that. It's that you you shouldn't like your body should be lower on your priorities of identity. Right. So I think that like your mind you shouldn't you shouldn't identify mm-hmm. with the way you look in in um in the ways that are important. I think you should identify with your with your with your personality strengths, with your uh with your abilities, you know. Be yourself. I, 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 be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah, be but you should you should be okay. You should love your body, but I don't think that should be like the forefront of what makes you you. Yeah, it's your character, you it's your yeah. you know. Character, yeah. Kindness, your talent, what Kindness, you bring to the but table. He, but she is, she's the light of our lives. She really is. She's, so she's saying love you now to everything. She'll kiss even inanimate objects and say love you. She'll, go, oh. she'll like, she'll like kiss a couch and be like love you. Love you. Oh, and I thought she said it to me only. I thought she was only. <laughs> Barry, you are like my, my the, the sweetest human. Tammy, I'm so I'm so happy you came and uh, learned Zoom just for this. Well, thank you. I, I love it. Thanks for inviting me. Just remember, if it's not one thing, it's, it's your, your mother. mother. It's your mother. <laughs>
Thanks for hanging with me and Barry and Barry's mommy. We hope you liked what you heard. If you did, subscribe to Don't Tell My Mother wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Don't Tell My Mother, where we get silly and drop fun show info and updates. Love you. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoft. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't, just don't. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.